So, I marked down six or seven things. It doesn't really seem coherent in my notes, but the first one is I, I want to make a, a, a redaction. I made a mistake a few weeks ago. Uh, a couple people pointed it out, and it was 100% correct. Uh, I, this is a partial mistake. During Pesukah de Zimmer, you are not allowed to say Baruch HaVakshamoy. So I wanted to make that clear. So you pointed out. Also, uh, another Chabadnik, also uh, Mr. Prescott. So I thought it was uh, a Shaila. The Mishaburah seems to say that you're not allowed to. So, so you're not allowed to say Baruch HaVakshamoy during Pesukah de Zimra. So I wanted to just get that out in the way. So I just wanted to mention that. Okay, on to the Shailas that, uh, that I want to talk about. So this next Shaila is, it, it's incredibly Negeya. Uh, and that is, what is the status of parav items? Parav items that are cooked in fleshik or milchik pots. What is the status? It seems complicated. It's, 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 it's fairly, if, if you understand it and you do it, and I'm going to try to explain it as Aleph Bey's Gimel as I can. So you have a parav item, noodles that you're cooking in a fleshik pot, or noodles in a milchik pot. And I'm just picking noodles in a fleshik pot because it's pretty simple. You have noodles in a fleshik pot. The question is, Am I fleshik from eating the noodles? Uh, can I eat them with cheese? What happens if they got mixed in with cheese? Meaning, what is the status of a parav item that is cooked in a milchik or fleshik pot? So in, in the terminology of Chazal, this is what's called not bar not. So if you just ever, you're good to know. Noisin tam bar noisin tam. Meaning, the flavor, let's say in the case with the, with the noodles, the fleshik flavor that the noodles are getting traveled. It's from the meat into the pot, and then the pot into the noodles. So it's not direct. It's not like you're cooking it with the meatballs. It's, it's the, the meat flavor has traveled, so it's weaker. So the question is, what is the status of those noodles eating them with dairy? So it's uh, fleshic equipment or dairy equipment, right? O-U-D-E. They don't do D-E anymore because of... Uh, okay, so okay, it's dairy equipment. What is the status of dairy equipment or fleshic equipment? So there's three things you got to know. Olive... If there are sharp foods involved, the halachas are very severe. Meaning, if the item is not just noodles, it's noodles sautéed with onions, or it's noodles with garlic, or noodles with ginger, or uh, jalapeno peppers, then the halacha is, that's a problem. Meaning, if you cook an item that's sharp in a fleshic pot, that item is meat. It is halachic meat. Now, do you have to wait six hours? Potentially, no. You don't have to wait six hours from it, according to the Rav Vegar, But it is meat. And if those noodles with the onions were to mix in with a dairy uh, with cheese, you'd have to throw everything out. So the first thing to remember, I'm going to mention all three categories, and then we'll, we'll, we'll explain. The first thing is, if there are sharp foods, the halachas are very different. Okay. But there are no sharp foods push it eggs or it's noodles it's no 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 spices no push it just a power of item in a fleshic pot what is the status so here's the deal let's talk the more severe case and the less severe case so you have the noodles that were cooked in a fleshic pot you want to know can i put cheese on it or if it got mixed in with cheese can i eat it so the first shayla is was the pot used within 24 hours for meat if the answer is yes that's always a little worse right if it wasn't used in 24 hours it's always a little bit better Let's say the answer is yes. So you have a pot of item, no onions, cooked in a fleshic pot, and the meat pot was not used in 24 hours for meat. This is the halacha. It's pretty clear. There is a difference between svardim and ashkenazim. Svardim are more lenient that they would allow you to put cheese on it, assuming you take it out of the pot. Svardim are lenient. Ashkenazim are not. They are not lenient, but 
you're not allowed to put cheese on it, but if it gets mixed in with the cheese, it's fine. So if you have noodles that are cooked in a fleshic pot, even if the pot was used within 24 hours for meat, so for Ashkenazim here, you are not allowed to put cheese on it, but if you got home and they're like, oh, we, put, we, we made big ziti out of it, it's fine. You could eat it. It's fine. That's if the pot was used within 24 hours for meat. Now here's the shiloh. And this, I'm always a little bit nervous because I, if you don't explain it properly, people can get confused. What if it's noodles, no onions, par of, pot, uh, par of noodles in a fleshic pot, and the pot was not used within 24 hours? Can I then put cheese on it according to Ashkenazi? That's a machloikis between the gra and the chachmasadim. The gra is lenient. The gra allows you to actually put cheese on it l'chachila. And his svara is pretty simple. His svara is like this. Um, should I explain the svara? I'll say it very quickly for anyone who, if you get it, good. If not, not. The svara is like this. Uh, after 24 hours, the flavor in a pot, assuming there's no onions involved, in general, after 24 hours, the flavor is putrid. It's really disgusting. In halachic terms, it's no sintam gam. It's irrelevant. So technically, on a biblical level, you can go into McDonald's, you could take a frying pan, say, hey, was the, was the frying pan used in 24 hours? Like, no, nah, you could actually use it for meat. You could cook meat on it, on a biblical level. Now, none of us would do this, right? Why? Because after 24 hours, the flavor of pork that's in the pot is disgusting. It's not enhancing the, the, the burger at all. So why don't we do this? There's a rabbinic prohibition. The rabbis were afraid that if you use it after 24 hours, you might come to use it within 24 hours. So therefore, in general, we always treat after 24 hours as if it's within 24 hours. So says the gra, what exactly is the reason over here? You have noodles that you cooked in a fleshic pot. The pot wasn't used in 24 hours, which means the flavor is putrid. It's nothing. You want to put cheese on it. I would say that's okay. What are you going to tell me? You're afraid that if you come to put the cheese on it, after 24 hours, you might come to put cheese on it when it was used within 24 hours. Svardim are okay with it. Ashkenazim are okay with it. Bidi ever. So I'm going to be so strict and make rules to prevent you from doing something that's probably allowed anyway. So he's fine with it. So it's a machlekes gran chachmasadim. But just let me summarize again. You have a par of item that you cooked in a fleshic pot. If there are onions, those that is a meat onion. Those are onions. Those are meat. Mamish. You have to be very strict. Let's say there's no onions. It's par of noodles. You cook in a fleshic pot. If the pot was used within 24 hours, so for Ashkenazim, you're not allowed l'chachila to put cheese on it, but if you did, it's fine. And if the pot was not used within 24 hours, according to the Gra, you would even be allowed to put cheese on it l'chachila. So that, that's the basic uh, halacha in a nutshell. Okay? Well, so, so far, so good. No, when it comes to onions, it's irrelevant. Uh, we're machmer by onions that it doesn't matter whether the pot was used in 24 hours. Meaning, if you take uh, a fleshic pot, a uh, fleshic frying pan, and you saute an onion, even if the pot wasn't used, the frying pan wasn't used in a week, those meat, those onions are meat. Onions override the whole 24 hours thing. It's called mechalia. The, the onions have the ability to make it that even after 24 hours is as if it's potent right now. So onions are uh, sharp foods. I always pick onions because it's a classic example of sharp foods. O- onions or sharp foods uh, override the rules. Would that be a problem with fish? If you're cooking fish in the meat, like you're saying, sharp fish in a meat pot? Sharp fish? You know, like onions, oh. whatever. Uh, so it's a shaila, it's a machlekes, according to many, they're machmer. But others are lenient, because the whole thing, that's a side point that maybe we could talk about next week. Fish and meat is a side point, because it's not a, um, the concern of fish and meat together was a physical danger. It was a physical concern. Um, 
And the Magan of Ram writes that nowadays the doctors tell us it really is not a problem anymore. There's no, again, it wasn't a spiritual. The Taris Chesed of Lublin felt it was spiritual. But the Mishabura and the Magan of Ram say it was a spiritual, it was a physical danger. That physically, meat and fish together would cause physical harm. It won't do that anymore. So while we are not lenient, I would not eat fish and meat together. But how f- strict do you have to be considering the whole thing probably doesn't apply anymore? So it has to do with, I once spoke about a Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce has fish in it. So the OU has like a question of, um, it has anchovies. So and it, it's used a lot of times for meat. So the question is, can you cover meat with Worcestershire sauce? So the OU has a whole shayla. So the OU's shita is that if the, if, the chi, if the fish in the Worcestershire sauce is less than a 60th, if it's bottle, it's fine. I, they, were, you know, they don't even write fish. They'll write it in the ingredients, but they won't have OU fish. I, people are going to use it on people are going to use it on meat. They're fine with it. Why? Because it's nullified in the in the paste. I there were opinions that held that when it comes to fish and meat, you should be strict, even if it's one in a thousandth, because it's a poison, and you wouldn't drink a soup if a poison dropped in one in a thousand. The answer is nowadays whether it applies or not is debatable. And therefore, how strict do you know? How strict are we going to expand it to? You know what I mean? The Chachma Sadam was still machmer because he has a general rule that anytime something is l'chachila a problem within 24 hours, we're not going to allow it l'chachila after 24 hours. That the Chachma Sadam is a shita. But uh, that's, that seems to be the Chachma Sadam. The Grah, again, the Grah disagrees. So I, it's always, it's funny, like, should you be lenient? I mean, you got to know, you got to know your company because if you start telling people to be lenient and they don't understand and they're going to start it's going to lead to bad things, then you shouldn't do it. If you're dealing with people who understand halacha properly and they're like, okay, well, this is after 24 hours, I won't do it within 24 hours, okay, then you could probably trust them. So you have to, yeah, you sort of have to know, you have to know uh, your thing. And I, I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, because of the onion scenario, um, that, that's why uh, if you're going to have pariv, well, we spoke about this once, that if you're going to have, like, you want to make something pariv, you, you have to have not just the pot that's part of you have to have all the preparatory utensils also have to be part of like i i was i was talking to someone in the neighborhood once and she said that she makes part of foods a lot but she doesn't have part of on part of knives so I was like, well, nothing's power of then, because if you chop a knife, if you chop an onion with a fleshic knife, that's not a power of soup. That, that, that's a meat soup, and, and, and vice versa. So, you know, I just wanted to make that point clear, that if you're going to have power of, you have, to, you have to actually have all the preparatory utensils have to be power of as well. It doesn't, doesn't work. If your ladles, if you don't have ladles that are power of, you're going to mess up your kalem. Because you're going to take a milchik ladle, put it into a parav pot, which according to some opinions maybe would make the parav pot milchik, and then you're going to take a fleshik pot, a fleshik ladle, and it's it's a mess. If you're going to have parav, which is perfectly fine, you should have all the preparatory utensils. I'm not talking about the utensils that you eat with. I'm talking about the prep to make the dishes should be. You should have an entire set of dishes to be parav. If that's if that's what you want to go with, if that's what you should do. Does the onion remain fleshik even when it's no longer like once it's yes. The onion remains fleshic even when it does become sweet. But I will say this, this is not for now, but if the item, if the shayla only arose when the item was, when the onion was sweet, then the halach is different. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have uh, an onion that was sautéing in a milchic pan. So that's dairy onions, right? Then you take a fleshic a fleshic spoon and mix the raw onions, that could be a problem regardless of when the last time everything was used. But if the milchic spoon got mixed in when the the onions were already caramelized, then if the spoon wasn't used in 24 hours, it would be a little bit better. I know this is a little bit like uh, inside baseball, but but like that, that, that would be the halacha. Um, okay. So... Uh, I, I wrote down a couple shilas that I got recently uh, about certain brachas and certain things related to the Suda. 
So I just want to, I'll mention them, and you'll see one of them might not seem relevant, but it has a huge halachic ramification. I think I spoke about this once on a Friday night, but I think it's interesting. Let's say you're having dessert on Shabbos, and they bring out ice cream. So there's a shayla in the Paiskim, should you make a bracha? Now let me explain what the background of the shayla is, and what a side effect of this is that has huge, that, that brings in a discussion that's very relevant. The halacha is like this. When you wash, right, and you eat, uh, and you make hamotzi on bread, you cover most meal-type foods. So you're going to cover proteins, you're going to cover carbs, you're going to cover vegetables, but you don't cover everything. I'll give you an example. If you are, are eating uh, at any point in the meal, it's generally dessert because uh, who else is, uh, when are you eating? But if you're having a, a gummy bear, that you have to make a shahakal. Why? I, I washed, but washing doesn't cover everything. It doesn't cover desserts. So fruit eaten as a dessert would require a, a bracha. Even the dessert is part of the meal? Right? Correct. Dessert, uh, uh, the, the, you have to make a bracha on, on sweets, on, on, so cakes, I'll get to cakes in a second, sweets, you have to make a bracha on, on, on fruit as well. Now cakes, many, many paiskim, Many people do not have the minig to make a bracha on cakes and pastries. There's a couple of reasons for it. Uh, one reason is a lot of times you're eating it actually to fill you as opposed to most dessert, which is just as like a little sweet at the end. Um, there are other reasons also, but that's not for now. But, but mo- many people do not make it on cakes. Others do, but that, that's, that's more debatable. Um, but here's the Shiloh. Do you make a bracha on, on ice cream? So I would say, yeah, you probably should, right? Ice cream is, it's a sweet it's a sweet uh, dessert, so why not? And the truth is, uh, Rav Scheinberg, Rav, Liat, Rav Shlomo Zalman, Rav Vosner all said to make a bracha on ice cream. What, what's the reason not to? The reason not to is Rav Avad Yosef and Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein, it's, it's orally, and Rav Avad Yosef is in Yakut Yosef. They say not to because they look at ice cream as a drink. That I haven't seen. That, that could be... That, that's, uh, I don't see why that, that wouldn't make any sense to me. Ramosha definitely doesn't make a distinction of that, but he says that you, would, you, would, you, that you don't make a bracha. Why? Because it's a drink. And the minig is not to make a bracha on drinks during the meal. Now, even though, by the way, that's a little funny because that's a little funny because there was a shayla in the Mishaburu, should you make a bracha on whiskey? Should you make a bracha on coffee? Should you make a bracha on tea? I Meaning it wasn't such a given, but the minig evolved that we don't make a bracha on drinks and they look at ice cream as a liquid, not a solid, because if you let it, you let it melt, it'll turn into a liquid. Now, why is this Negea? Okay, so it's a side shayla of should you make a bracha on ice cream? I personally, because of Ramosha Feinstein, Ravad Yosef, I personally don't. What I try to do is I try to find uh, something else, uh, chocolate or uh, candy, make the bracha on that and have in mind the ice cream. But th- this is why it's Negea. Knowing that ice cream is a liquid and not a solid has the following halachic ramification. This is a huge halachic ramification in general. And that is, to make a bracha achrona, I spoke about this once. To make a bracha achrona for a food, this is the shear. You have to eat a kezayis bechdei achilas pras. Right? You have to eat a certain amount to warrant a bracha achrona. A lot of times people will ask me, they'll say, I'm nibbling. I'm nibbling. I'm not eating a lot. Do I make a bracha achrona? Or I'm drinking, I'm sipping. I'm sipping water throughout the day. I'm sipping. I, I was learning with someone, he, he sips from like 9 in the morning to 5 in the afternoon. He's a doctor and he sips one large uh, iced coffee from uh, Duncan, it gets him through the entire day. So you're talking about he's sipping every 20 minutes with another sipper. 
So here's a, here's a halacha, and a lot of people don't know this, but it's a very negei halacha, and that is to make a bracha achrona on food, you have to eat a kezayis, which is between one ounces and 1.3 ounces, so it's not a lot of food, and bechdei achilas pras, according to many opinions, it's four minutes. So you're talking about one and a half ounces, one, 1.2 ounces in four minutes. It's not a lot. It's a, you know, you could eat that fairly quickly. That warrants a bracha achrona. The question is, what about liquids? What about drinks? Many paiskim hold that in order to make a bracha achrona on a liquid, it's not the same shear. It's not one ounce in four minutes. It's a revius, kadesh stias revius. Now, a revius is between three ounces and five ounces. And what's the length of time that you have? You don't have four minutes. Says the Mishra, how much time do you have? You have the amount of time that it takes to drink three ounces of water with, a, with a, a two gulps with a pause in between. How long is that? I've seen the Birchus Leo says about 20 seconds. Ravelsky felt it was about a minute. I've seen other postcoms say about 30 seconds. You're talking about not a lot of time. For liquids, it's three to five ounces in about 25 seconds. Now, and for solids, it's one ounce in four minutes. Now, that's a very very big difference. So first of all, my point is that if you hold like Ramosha, that ice cream is a liquid, not a solid, then the amount of ice cream that you would have to eat in order to warrant a bracha chrona would be three ounces in about 30 seconds, which is not an easy thing to do. Give you a brain freeze. That's not an easy thing to do. Mastami, you're not going to require a bracha chrona. By the way, though, according to this halacha, and it's good to know, um, that would mean that the Mishabura talked about, what about coffee? So the Mishabura says, you're not going to be drinking coffee to drink three ounces of coffee in 30 seconds when it's hot is not an easy thing to do. So the Mishabura said that if you want to make a bracha chron on coffee, now the word Paiskim who felt that maybe coffee has a different share, Pasha is not. The Mishabura says if you want to make a bracha on coffee, then you should drink hot coffee, but at the end, leave the last three ounces in the cup to cool off and gulp it down, gulp down it, and that's the way you make a bracha chron. But a lot of people don't realize this, and they're just assuming that, so if you're, if you're, sipping, if you're sipping water, you're not going to be making a bracha chron. You're just not going to, unless you're drinking that amount of... It does not warrant a bracha chrono. So that's something, uh, again, that I think is very important to remember. Um, so, yeah, uh, first of all, there's a good point that the bracha chrono is going to be covered by benching. The whole shayla of fruit, of, of, it's a bracha rishona only. Um, so the halacha about an ice cream cone and a bracha on an ice cream sandwich, which actually leads us to our second thing, and that is... Okay, so the rule is like this. When it comes to an ice cream sandwich, Ramosha Feinstein um, felt like this. Most people, that, when they eat an ice cream sandwich, they're icker. If there's an icker and a tuffle to you, what's the icker? Ice cream, right? You really want ice cream. So, okay, so it requires a shahako. Now, normally, um, when you have something that's not cooked together, but when you have an item that has multiple parts to it, like a salad or sushi or all these things, um, you normally just go with, well, what's your main intention? Right? What's your main thing that you want? If the main thing that you want is A, you make the bracha on A and it covers everything else. So most people, when they have an ice cream sandwich, they want ice cream. That's why you're eating. You're not eating a biscuit. You want ice cream. So you'll make a shahako. The problem is, mizonos is a very unique thing. There's a rule in the Gemara, kol which means mizonos cannot be covered by other brachas if it's there for flavoring. If you want the mezainus to be there for flavoring, it's not just there for binding, if it's actually there for flavoring, it requires its own bracha. So you're really sort of, so now you're like, okay, I gotta make a mezainus, but the mezainus won't cover the shahakal. So Ramosha says what you do is you make two brachas. Now, the reason why you don't just make one bracha is because it's not cooked together, therefore it's not considered, uh, the bracha and the mezainus will not cover the ice cream. 
maybe next week I can go through inside why, but Rav Moshe would say that if you would make two brachas, you would be making the bracha on the ice cream and the mazonos separately. Um, the ice cream cone would be the same thing unless Rav Moshe says you don't actually want the cone. Some people just have the cone so their hands don't get dirty. So if that's the case and you're just eating it because it's there and you're like, I'd, I'd just rather it be here, I'd rather, I don't want to throw it out, so I'll just eat it, then perhaps, but, but most, under 99.9% of the people are eating, they want the cone as well. If the cone is delicious, but the icker is the ice cream, so it would require two brachas. For the ice cream sandwich, do you make mizonos, shahakal, and then take a bite? No, 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 no. take a bite, shahakal, and take a bite. That's what Moshe says. Now, so the, the, there's a general rule. It's actually good to know. Let's say you make a, a bracha on... Okay, I'll give you an example. You're going to cover... You're going to make one bracha on... on. Okay, let's say cereal. What bracha do you make on cereals? Let's say it's a mizona cereal, it's Cheerios. So do you make a shahakal on the milk as well? So Rav Moshe said, it depends. Most people, when they put in the milk, the milk is just to enhance the cereal. So really you want the cereal, so the mizonas covers it. But let's say... You're, he, his, his description is you have someone who really loves the taste of milk... So he makes, he wants to make two, he, he, he like, he's putting in like a whole glass of milk and the mizonis is really to supplement, but he really wants both. So Ramosha says you make both brachas. But let's say you made a, miz, a bracha mizonis on the, on the cereal only. You made a bracha on the mizonis. And you ate it. But you didn't eat enough of the mizonis to make an alamichia, but you drink enough milk, you slurp down the milk, you would actually make a mizonis before and a boronafashis at the end. Because the bracha, meaning... Correct, meaning, meaning if you make a, a, a four bracha, but you, you, the bracha that you made didn't, didn't have enough, but another item had enough, then you'll make a second bracha, an after bracha on the other item. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Even though the, the milk was only there. Correct, but it would still, it's a hakir the chazanish has, but yeah, that, that, that's a chazanish shita. Now, by the way, this leads me to the other thing. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be completely honest. This is an area of halacha. I just always had a natia one way. I don't know. To me, it just always made sense. Like, one of the opinions just made so much sense to me um, that I always just went with it. Because I just, it, to me, it just, it still makes the most sense. Like, when you learn the sugi, it just makes the most sense to me. The shayla is like this. What bracha do you make on schnitzel? That's the shayla. It's a very, very famous shayla. Schnitzel or cheesecake? Cheesecake? Oh, okay. Shavuos is coming up. Cheesecake. Okay. Cheesecake. There you go. So, cheesecake and, and schnitzel. So, now... Here's a Shiloh. Cheesecake with a crust. Cheesecake with a crust. But I don't know with schnitzel, because schnitzel is e- easier to me. Okay, you have ch- chicken cutlet, uh, put it in the eggs, put it in the, in the coating, you fry it. So what should the bracha be? To any outsider, obviously, it's a chicken dish. But there's a rule. I just got finished telling you the rule. The rule is that if mizonos is in a dish, and it's not there for binding, it's there for flavor, you make a mizonos. So, and, and by the way, this is unlike an ice cream cone. Because this is cooked together, the Mishaburu says you only make one bracha. So there's no multiple brachas. You're only making one. So I learned the sugya, and I was like, I think you should make a mizonos. Uh, to me, a mizonos makes the most sense. The truth is, Rabbi Sian Abba Shaul says to make a mizonos. The Debit Sina Rab says, says make a mizonos. Or Yashiv says to make a mizonos. I spoke to Marash Shiva. This is years, I was, I was a kid at the time. I remember I spoke to Marash Shiva, and I was like, shouldn't you make a mizonos? He said, yeah, you should make a mizonos. So they say to make a mizonos. You have Ravavadya who always says, he says, always make a shakal. doesn't matter. He says whether the coating is thick or thin. I'm putting his opinion on the side because it's a little harder for me to understand. Then you have the sheet of Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein says it depends on the thickness. If it's a thick coating, you make a mizonos. If it's a thin coating, you make a shakal. I, I, it 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that stick, that you would make a mazonis. So according to Ramoshi, you make a I personally don't understand it, to be completely honest, because it, it shouldn't make a difference from the halacha, as Mishra Baruch says. As long, so I saw of Shmuel Kamenetsky Shlita once said, it's quoted in a Chuvas Rivva Sefrayim, that he basically quotes, I think it's based on a Rosh and a Meiri, that even though there is a rule that you generally make a mazonis, but if it's so clear to everybody that this is a chicken dish, it's a chicken dish. So I, 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 that, that's so that's so. In a nutshell, but the um, is even more so. You should make the shahako because no, the, you didn't even cook it together. But, yeah, but it's the just difference there is, it if it's not cooked, if it's cooked together, you're making one bracha, so you got to choose. If it's oh. not cooked together, you can make multiple brachas. So over here, you got to choose. So I always make a mazaynis. Ramosha said that, and it's not just me. I'm a uh, The opinions that I quoted before, Ramosha says that if it's a thin batter, you make a shahako. I, I mean. Naturally, you probably should make a shahakal because shahakal covers everything, right? Isn't, isn't but I don't know. To me, I'll be honest with you. Th- this is the reason why I always felt to make a mazaynis. Have you check? Ch- have you tasted chicken uh, grilled chicken cutlet? Yeah. Have you tasted ch- schnitzel? They don't taste the same. One is much more filling. One, they, they, they don't punch the taste the same. It's not binder. I mean, I mean, I'll give you an example. Licorice, licorice has wheat in it. Licorice has wheat in it. No one makes a mazaynas on licorice. Why? Because it's there for a binder. It's purely there for a binder. A lot of kugels have flour in it as a thickening agent. No one makes a mazaynas on that because it's there for binding and for thickening. If it's there for flavoring, you make a mazaynas. I think all schnitzel is there for flavoring. That's why you're doing it. I, I think you're doing it for flavoring. Batter for sure should be a mazaynas. Batter is much thick. Yeah. Oh, listen, so that, that's, listen that, that's how I follow it, but that's, uh, that, that to me makes sense. Yeah, so that's obviously, listen, if you want to avoid all halachic problems, what you do is, you have on the side, you have a cup of water, you make a shahakal, you have a cracker, you have a mezainas, you have in mind to cover, and then you don't have to make any brachas. But if you're dealing with someone that just has a schnitzel, this is what you got to know, this is the, or cheesecake. So according to uh, those paiskim that I quoted, cheesecake is mezainas. According to Moshe, it depends on the thickness of the, of the crust, of the crust. If it's a thin crust, it'll be shahakal. If it's a thick crust, you make a mezainas. And Revavadi would say shahakal either way. Depending, bain av, bain, uh, bain loav. So whether it's thick or not, so that that would be the, that, those opinions. Um, so uh, two more shilas. The Shulchan Aruch writes in Simon Reish Dalid Sifches that if you eat something for refuah purposes and it has a good flavor, you make a bracha. Okay. So the shaila is: What if someone eats tums? I personally don't like the taste of tums, but there are people that that think it tastes good. Or you have, uh, or I guess Ludens, maybe. Ricola. Uh, Ricola, whatever. If you're eating something that's medicinal, and it has a good flavor, do you make a bracha? So, I just mentioned the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says that if you eat something for refua, and it tastes good, you make a bracha. So, Revel Yashiv said, um, Revel Yashiv felt that you make a bracha on, on, on tums that has a sweet tasting, because why not? It tastes good, and you're eating for refua, but why not? Rosh Hashanah disagreed. Rosh Hashanah said, if you're only eating it for medicinal purposes and you would not eat it, even if it has a good flavor, but you would not eat it, meaning would you have a Tums because you're, you're just snacking? No. Uh, so, so he holds you don't. I, the Shulchan Aruch, says you do. So Rosh Hashanah is Masbir in the Sefer of the same Bracha. He says that the distinction is very simple. The Shulchan Aruch didn't have chemicals. When they, the Shulchan Aruch is describing eating something for medicine, what he's talking about is they would have foods that had medicinal qualities, roots and other things, they're actual foods, like God made foods that had medicinal qualities, so you're eating it, and it happens to have a good flavor, then you make a bracha. But these are, the pills and these things are, are they're not really food, they're, mamish, they're called medicine, they're trufos, they're called medicine, 
For that, that's not considered oichel, and he said you would not make a bracha unless you would choose to eat it uh, when you're not when you're feeling fine. So that's sort of that's that, that's one shaila I wanted to mention. So uh, making a bracha on tums pashtas it's machlekes. I I I personally would not. And the last shaila is um, melba toast because I got asked this when we had outside when we had on uh, on lagba oimer we had uh, the soft pretzels. So someone asked me, uh, you're gonna have washing stations. So it's a machleikas. Soft pretzels is a machleikas, whether it's hamotzi or mezonos. Or Belsky felt that it, it, it basically the laws of brachos feels mezonos. The art school laws of brachos feels hamotzi. No it's a machleikas. Exactly. So I felt comfortable. So someone asked me, how are you serving it? So I said, first of all, two reasons. First of all, there is a washing station here if you choose to be machmer. But I won't, I, because there are big poiskim who felt that it's mezonos, I feel comfortable serving it to people and they have what to rely on. If it was 100% hamotzi, right, you can't serve hot dogs because it's 100% hamotzi and no one's going to watch. Then I'm not going to be machshul people. But for this, there's a le- legitimate reasons to be makel. So the question someone asked me is what about bagel chips and what about melbatos? I, I just want to clarify this point. So I mentioned on Shabbos, that there's three categories. I'm not going to go through it because apparently it confused people. I don't. I, I, I so anyway, so I, I mentioned that there's three there's three uh, types of, of doughs. You have doughs that are not bread like that are boiled. Boiled doughs, pasta. You're never going to wash. It's never hamotzi. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much you eat of it. Then you have bread, which is hamotzi. And then you have these three things called pasa babakistin. Pasa babakistin are mizonos unless you eat enough of it. What are pasa babakistin? Okay, you have crackers, you have uh, uh, pies, which is a sweet dough, and you have a pies, which is sweet filling of a dough, and you have cake, which is a sweet dough. Those are the three categories. Again, each one has its own details. So the shaila is, what about, what, what does Melba toast, Melba toast and bagel chips, right? I'll talk about bagel chips in a second. Melba toast, you buy them, they're little pieces of toast. Is it, is it a cracker or is it a piece of bread? So it's like this. When something is already bread, if you turn, if you take a, 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 a yeah, no, not, not even that. French is a little different. Let's say you take a, a pita. Right? We Friday night we were eating by someone and they made pita chips. So they take pita and then they cut it up and they bake it and it turns, let's say, into a cracker. Is that a hamotzi? Of course it's a hamotzi because it was bread. <laughs> Once it's bread, to make it not bread, you have to boil it. There's no way to make it not bread by just baking it further. That's not going to do it. So apparently the way Melba toast is made, uh, I was reading from the Kasha's Currents from the Star K and the OU, the way it's made is they take a dough, they bake it into bread, then they cut it up, a loaf of bread, they cut it up, then they put it back in the oven and continue baking, continue baking, continue baking it until it's tiny, tiny and, and very crackly and like that. So the Kasha is, it was a bread at one point, but it was only a bread to be turned into a cracker. Unlike a cracker, which is just a dough into a cracker, this went from dough to bread, to cracker, but it was made for that intention. It's not like, a, you know, like croutons. If you go into a restaurant and you have croutons, that's hamotzi. Why? Because what's a crouton in a restaurant? They take old bread, they cut it up, they dry it out, they bake it, and whatever. It's, it's a piece of bread. So over here, it's baked to turn into a cracker, but it goes through the process of being baked. Rabelsky felt that melbatos is hamotzi. Because at the end of the day, it was turned into a bread. That's it. Once it's bread, it's bread. The Star K agrees with that as well. That's the Rebelski and the Star K. However, Rav Shleim Zalman, Rav Pincha Scheinberg, and Rav, and, and, uh, Rav Ozner, they disagree. They say, no, it was meant to be turned into a cracker, and it was created to be turned into a cracker, so it's a cracker and it's Mazonas. So practically, it's a machlokas. What should someone do? Probably someone should probably try to avoid eating it outside of a meal, 
But like I said, it's like the same thing over there. It, it, listen, it's good to wash if you can, but if you want to make a mizonis, these are big, big, big rub bottom that you have with to rely on. Now, Ravelski felt the same thing applies to bagel chips, but I saw that the Star K looked into it. They say bagel chips are not made that way. Bagel chips are not pieces of bagels that are actually cut up. They're, they're actually crackers just in a certain shape, and he feels that everyone agrees that bagel chips are mizonis. Melbatosis is a machlekes. That's what the Star K said. Again, I, I tried to look... You buy them in a bagel shop. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about a bagel shop. Bagel shop is just old uh, bagels cut up. I'm talking about when you go buy in the store, the bagel chips. They, that's what they said. They say they look into it. I trust them. I tried to research it a little bit. You can't really find something online about how to make it. If you Google it, they all just tell you how to turn your old bagels into bagel chips. But the, the Star case says that they looked into it and they said it's a cracker and therefore it's mezinus and therefore that would, uh, that would be that halacha. Okay, we'll stop here.